Can you hear it? Oh, yeah, I can hear it. <laughs> That's just me and my gallon. <laughs> mm, that looks good to me. You know I love water. Chug, chug, chug. <laughs> well, this might be a little foreshadowing for one of my stories I have to talk about today. So drink up. Oh, and it says on the side, is it like encouraging? Like almost there. You almost yeah. did it. Like yeah. go for it. Keep drinking. Uh, one of them is just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like that's so encouraging. <laughs> yeah, I've seen those before. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome back everybody to another episode of Crime on Tap. I love, Megan, I love recording like in the morning. Like I'm just like so alive, like ready to go, ready to talk. And I feel like when we do it at night, we're like rushing to like just get it over because we're both exhausted. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Even though I'm not a morning person, I have been getting better because Nick forces me because he's a morning person. So he's yeah. just like out and about, you know, haha, he's, he's watching TV, <laughs> he's sizzling bacon in the pan, you know. So, like, <laughs> well, honestly, any sizzling of bacon would wake me up any day. So I wish I had Nick here to do that for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's making it for himself, but. <laughs> well, I think that's just what comes with the relationship because if you find somebody like Nick or me who are just like up early like ready to go it like like descends like onto your partner because now patrick he's like a morning person like he's up at like seven eight like ready to go when he used to be like in bed to like 11 11 like till noon yeah i have to say i'm not I haven't gone as far as Patrick, but like I'm from like 11 to noon to like now 9.30. I'm like, I feel like I'm ready. But so. even that, like, it's like a big step. <laughs> like if that's that a, is big, a big step. I mean, for you, like that's huge. Like you're up like two hours earlier. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, it's funny because when I get up like early, because sometimes when he like goes to work, I don't get up and I do my normal bad, my bad girl <laughs> time. But I'm like, God, there's so much of the day. I'm like, is the day almost over yet? I feel like I've been up forever. <laughs> I know. Don't you feel like that? Especially now when it's so light outside. It's like 8 p.m. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I still have so much of my day left. Like, is this day ever going to fucking end? Yeah, that's how I feel when I get up, like, early. <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, I'm glad there's more sunlight in the day. So that means there's more time for people to listen to Crime on Tap. And more Ooh. time for them to go over to our Instagram Crime on Tap Pod, go follow us over there. We're still seeking out like our first sponsorship or first brand mm -hmm. deal. I mm -hmm. mean, we're almost two years into this. We're already at like 40 something episodes for season two. I mean, we are just busting out the content. If somebody wants to give us a little coin, we can make this even bigger. And like, no one can say that we're not dedicated because we both had COVID and we did not stop. I, right. <laughs> That's true. And like, I'm going on a vacation next week, I'm leaving for, for Minnesota for a week. And you bet we'll still have content out on Mondays and Fridays. So don't think we're not grinding here. So where are the brand deals? Where's the HelloFresh? Where's the BetterHelp? Mm -hmm. I mean, we mm -hmm. should be getting free BetterHelp just for putting out as much content as we are. Yeah, because we, we need the emotional support. Yeah. Oh, you know what else? Oh, my God. My dream brand deal is like with Linen. I see all these influencers getting free bed sheets and comforters and pillows. And I'm like, <gasps> that is literally my dream. <laughs> oh that does sound really nice <laughs> i don't know how to like uh, can we just be like a sleeping podcast now like oh we, we grind so much we need new sheets mm -hmm. yeah That's see we pitch. could we can slide that right in really easily too. <laughs> well i mean thank you guys so much for helping us and joining us and supporting our podcast i mean we are here for the people we are here for the fans um and we are just here um, grinding out crime content like bi-weekly like how many other podcasts are doing it two days a week 
besides us. Mm-hmm. Well, two days a week, but also not just like little 10 minute episodes. People. Right. Yeah. Cause I see some of those podcasts and they're like 12 minutes, like 15 minutes. And I'm like, you're not even putting any thought into this. You're just like turning on your computer and like recording a rant at that point. Mm-hmm. So we put thought into it. I mean, even if it's like a couple hours before, we're still putting thought into it. <laughs> yes. We still got our spreadsheets going. Yes. The press- spreadsheets are always updated. So, Megan, while the spreadsheets are loading, <laughs> how about we get into the pour before the four? I am lucky because Nick brings me coffee in bed. So, I am. Oh, drink- my God. <laughs> I'm drinking my bed coffee right now still. So, that's so Cheers. cute. Dizzy, like, hey, baby, good morning. Like, here's your coffee. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like bribery to get me up. It's really what it is, but well, I'm looking at bribery right now. You you got a damn rainbow mug. Is that just like, oh, I'm here with Sean. It's Pride Month, so I gotta like show I support. I'm an ally. <laughs> That's so funny because actually our our other LGBT friend um gave this to me. Oh my god, that's from Alexa. Yeah, it says emotional roller coaster. That's so rainbows. cute. And um, she came and visited me, and she brought me this and, like, a little notebook and stuff, so. She was like, just be gay. It's easier. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what my mom's did. <laughs> well, today I am drinking, Megan. I got my gallon, as we have all heard from the little ASMR. You know, we like to sneak in a little ASMR moments in these podcasts. Oh, yeah. Just for you, you tinglers out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's <a> dirty. <laughs> But um, I'm working through my gallon for the day. I have today and tomorrow off. I think in the next podcast, we'll discuss like my new journey in life, my new plans, what's going on, because we haven't talked mm-hmm. about it yet. But I got my gallon, so I'm going to need this for our story today. So, Megan, so you want to get us into today's hottie? Let's kick it into gear, because hot toppies are here. Ooh, here we go. Another classic mm-hmm. episode, everybody. And I have a theme. We <gasps> love a good theme. Okay, I did have a theme, but then... I heard a news story on the news and I was like, fuck this theme. I'm going I'm going rogue. Okay. So <laughs> I only have a theme. You can start it off. Okay, so mine is about the app Grubhub. <gasps> oh my god. Wait. Was this the woman who was I, I think I saw this one. Yes. Yeah, so it's um so <clears throat> people that don't know, Grubhub is like, you know, Uber Eats, like I don't think I've ever used Grubhub. No. That's definitely not the it's like postmates or like Okay, for um, some reason, I thought it was, like, a Groupon or something. <laughs> no, it's not Groupon. It's, like, a food delivery app? Yeah, exactly. Okay. I saw this, and this was pretty interesting. So this happened in New York around the – in um, at the Chipper Truck Cafe in Yonkers, which is a 24-hour, like, cafe for truckers and stuff. Oh, okay. Um, and so they received an order at 5 a.m. on June 19th for a delivery in the Bronx, and – it was just like a normal order, but in the you know how you can leave notes. It's like oh, like put my put it on the back porch or whatever yeah. stuff like that. Wait, they're um, ordering from a truck stop. Well, it's not really a truck stop. Okay. It's it's like a cafe, but it's like kind of like got the aesthetic of like a truck stop sort of thing. Okay. Um, and it's owned um by like an Irish woman who's married to a Mexican man, so they are like. <laughs> They're inclusive. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm looking at the cat. Yeah. Um, so in that little notes section, the person wrote, please call the police and don't make it obvious. Okay, so, well, I read that note and, like, I could barely comprehend what they were saying. 
Oh yeah, it definitely it definitely was strange. Yeah, yeah, it was like a bunch of stuff in the middle. I think she was probably trying to like make it a little bit Cody so that, yeah. or she was like, um, she didn't have time. Like she frantically was doing it and like just signed done. Right. So she um was actually being held hostage in this home in the Bronx where she was um continuously assaulted by thirty two year old Kamoy Royal. Um, I kind of like that name. It <laughs> sounds like a shipper, Kamoy oh Royal. I know that's his real name. Wow. <laughs> and um, so the delivery guy he called the owners and was like, "Uh, what do I do?" And they're like, "Well, I mean, we got to call the police." Yeah. So they immediately called the police. So yeah, they called the police. The police arrived, um, and were able to rescue her. She. I think Kamoy got really like like oh she must have Stockholm syndrome because he actually let her have her phone to order food. Like what? Like <laughs> there's so many avenues that she could have got help. Right. So I yeah. I'm like he must have thought that he was like a very good captor. They're like there's no way she's gonna try anything. Yeah. Um, or he got too comfortable. But, maybe. I, I, how long was this going on for? Um. It seems like so he actually um I would say at the very most probably like 3 or 4 days because oh. he was actually um wanted on a wanted list from a sexual assault um and captive situation that happened with his female neighbor on June 14th. Oh my god. Um she was just visiting his apartment which I assume she is like one of those things where it's like oh can I have like a glass or a like um <laughs> Freaking, you know, can I borrow some sugar yeah, or whatever? A sugar or something. <laughs> yeah, but she was able to escape and report the abuse. What but the he had dis, but he had disappeared by the time police arrived. So he was just out loose. Yeah. But he returned to his apartment and with this twenty-four-year-old woman who contacted the Grubhub, <laughs> um, and they didn't release her name, um, but. Yeah, so they were able to rescue the girl and arrest Kamoy on um, multiple charges. So uh, rape, strangulation, and unlawful imprisonment. Oh, so she my was, God. It was like one of those like Lifetime movies where he, she was trapped and, you know, being tortured, essentially. Well, I'm just shocked that, well, maybe it, they did. But, like, was any, her family, like, was anybody concerned about her whereabouts? Like... I feel like there will already be a tip in that she's been missing. I don't know. You know, like, why wasn't there, like, some more police interaction here? So I feel like they could have found her mm-hmm. based on, like, her messaging or, like, social media. I don't know. How did she get in contact with this Kamoy? Well, I wonder if, because I feel like a lot of it when you're targeting people to, like, hold hostage. Yeah. You you take people that necessarily don't have families looking for them. You know for what I'm sure, saying? Yeah. Like if you're smart about it, like she might've been um, just on the street hooking or something. Right. And so she was easy to, yeah, to take. Um, but an interesting, like sort of thing, Grubhub um, is sending the restaurant 5,000 for their um, like heroics in the situation. They're sending oh $5,000. Damn. I feel like that wasn't even like expected. Mm hmm. Uh, well, and then so they asked the owners, um, Mr. and Mrs. Bermijo, um, 
like, how do you feel about it? And they're like, we're just glad that the girl is safe. That's the important part. Yeah. You know, we didn't do it for the money. We did it to to help and right. help someone in need. So, I mean, I'm sure um, they don't get too many messages through Grubhub saying call the police. So when you get them, I think you should probably call the fucking police. Right. Well, it was like, they're like, usually we'll get like, um, they said one thing that they get often is like, can you throw in an extra soda for free or something? <laughs> it's like usually what they get in the, in the notes. Yeah. <laughs> People ask you for free stuff. It's like, are you serious? Yeah, come on. But I mean, in yeah. today's times, like, man, everybody can use an extra free soda or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Every little bit counts. Okay, so our next story here um, is coming out of the University of Missouri. I know school is just ending, college is ending, but I just wanted to bring a little bit of attention to um, the epidemic of hazing. Like, it's Mm. still a thing. Like, I feel like there was a time where, like, nobody even talked about hazing, and then, like, all of a sudden we have, like, these – all these stories coming out. Like, that was my little little, um, trend today was, like, hazing stories – but, like, I feel like all of a sudden they've just been, like, so rampant these last few years. There's been so many deaths and so many injuries from, like, hazing incidences. That shit's so stupid to me. I know. It doesn't make any fucking... Well, I don't know, because, like, we went to a college where there was no fraternities or sororities. So, like, we don't even know <laughs> what it's like. Right. Like, I don't even know, like, what's the process of, like, rushing like rushing into a fraternity or something like i don't even know the the lingo like it's so Mm -hmm. foreign to me so to hear stories like this is like insane yeah it's like Um, different worldly yeah it is so two former members of um like i don't even know how to say like the alphabet the greek words (laughs) phi is that phi yes phi gamma delta have been indicted for a hazing incident that left another student blind and unable to walk or communicate after drinking a liter of vodka. Now, Megan, this story is, like, pretty insane because there's, like, video footage of, like, everything happening. Like, I don't know where or how, like, I'll have to send you the video. You watch it after. But it's, like, there's video of everything. There's video of the the freshmen who are rushing into the fraternity and the hazing and everything, they're literally have their shirts off. They're all blindfolded with their shirts holding onto each other, like a, a conga line. And they're like walking downstairs and it's all on surveillance it, in the fraternity itself. So like, I don't know how they thought like nobody was going to find out that this fraternity was hazing their like new members. Yeah, you're documenting your crimes, people. Yeah. There's um, video. So the boy, the victim's name was Danny Santuli. He's 19 years old. And there's video of them walking through, like, in the conga line, conga line um, all blindfolded. There's video of him holding a liter of vodka that was given to him. And he was forced to drink it by the end of the night to finish his bottle of vodka um there's video of him collapsing there's video of him being carried to a couch and there's like video of him like basically dying um like falling off the couch and like being unresponsive so like it's all recorded like it's in different rooms of this fraternity so like mm-hmm. there's cameras all over the fucking place in here and they're just like they don't give a fuck they're just hazing they don't even care that how like it's all recorded Oh my god! I, can you go blind from drinking so much? I mean, 
apparently apparently oh um danny was so unconscious and he wasn't breathing he didn't have a heart rate the doctors had to revive him and when he came back he had massive brain damage um he couldn't speak he couldn't see um he like he's like a vegetable like he can't do anything anymore um but ryan delancey and thomas schutz have both been charged with felony hazing and misdemeanors of supplying liquor to a minor or intoxicated person. Um, and then Thomas Schultz also faces a felony for tampering with physical evidence. So including those two, Ryan and Thomas, there were 20 other members of the fraternity who were charged with misdemeanors, um, not as severe punishments. But these two kids, they got felonies. Like, that's going to follow you for the rest of your fucking life. Mm-hmm. Like, your life is over, basically. Were they, um, like, the, the big presidents or something? It must have been. Like, they must have been the ones, like, giving the orders. I think they were also the ones who were buying the liquor, like, supplying it to all these miners. So, like, there's charges there for that. Um, but we have a timeline here. So this happened back in October when Danny was pledging with the fraternity. Um, so at 9.55 p.m., he was seen inside the frat house carrying a bottle of vodka. Um, his family says that he was told to finish the bottle before the night was over. Nearly 30 minutes after that, he was seen still trying to down the bottle. And then there's evidence of a frat brother pouring beer through a, a funnel um, into his mouth. So not only was he forced to drink this liter of vodka, but he was also drinking and being forced beer. Um, oh, God. And, like, they have this whole timeline. Like, it was all documented and recorded. About another hour and a half later... Um, you can see Danny like falling over. Like he was just like standing there and all of a sudden he like fell to the ground. Um, and some, you can see some of his frat brothers carrying him out of the room and then like literally like throwing him on the couch or they're like, Oh, he like, he can't hang. Like he's passed out. Like just throw him on the couch. He's sleeping off. Um, and then at 1238 AM, you can see Danny sliding off the couch and his face, just like kind of like face plants on the ground. Um, and then about 15 minutes later, we see a frat brother come in and he's checking for a pulse and sees that Danny's unresponsive and his lips are turning blue. And from there, they carry him off the couch and there's a video of them dropping Danny on his fucking head. Um, oh my God. And then eventually from there, they brought him to the hospital where doctors said it was almost too late and he wasn't breathing. His heart had stopped. His blood alcohol level was six times the legal limit, um, but luckily the doctors were able to revive him and he was placed on a ventilator. Um, and then this past May, Danny's family was, they just settled with nearly two dozen of the fraternity brothers in a civil lawsuit for, it doesn't tell you how much they got, but they, mm-hmm. they settled for an amount that I'm confident it was large. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, and then eight months after the incident, Danny's mother had to quit her job to begin taking care of Danny full time. She goes on to say that he can't move any of his body. He needs help with bathing, getting up in his chair. He doesn't eat. He still has to be fed through a tube and we have to administer his meds in the morning every day. She says it's just nonstop and I never get a break. So like not only is Danny's life basically over, but like, his family's life has been affected from this because his mother can't work now. She needs to care for her son full time. So like, it's just been like a domino effect from this incident of hazing. That's all been recorded and documented. Can he speak or communicate? No. So he can't speak either. And there's 
pictures of him like in a like a chair like a wheelchair and he's got braces like on his arms i don't know what those are for and he's just like he's just a vegetable that's honestly all it is he had such severe brain damage that he does he doesn't have any like what's the word cognate cognizance or something yeah but yeah that's all from literally hazing and it's all documented and it's all been recorded and it was all i mean brought to like the jury and the courts and everything so yeah so that was an open shut case <laughs> but i'll send you the video and we'll also post it on our instagram but there's um what are these news outlets got like an exclusive inside look or whatever and it shows you mm-hmm. it shows everything it shows them walking like blindfolded shirtless and everything um, and then they even like pan. You can see Danny walking like in this line of like boys going to be hazed. Mm-hmm. I'm just like it's so bizarre. Like that there was cameras in this building and like nobody was concerned that this was being recorded. Well, I I just don't understand. There, he's like passed out from a liter of vodka. He can't hang. I'm like, did y'all drink that? Were y'all drinking <laughs> right. that with him? And I mean, he's <laughs> tiny. He's like he's like my size. Like mm-hmm. obviously, if you drink a liter of vodka, like it's not going to end well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I mean, I feel. I mean, he basically is dead. I feel like at that point, it's yeah. kind of cruel to. He's a puppet. They're just puppet puppeting him around. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like that. There's some cruelty to that. They should just. I yeah. Don't know. Um, and there was also, I read this other part that said that Danny was communicating with his family, and his sister like a few days before that this all happened. About how he was like scared and he was like nervous to like continue on with the process and like having to go through all this shit. But his family said that he wasn't a quitter and that like if they were forcing him to do something and he wanted so badly to get into the fraternity that he was just gonna do it. Like I feel like I would be the same way. Like, oh, you're gonna say that I can't do it, then I'm gonna fucking do it. Even if it mm-hmm. is like drinking a handle of vodka. Yeah. I I feel like I don't know. Not to be an after school special, but if these people are putting you through that, they're not your friends and yeah. you shouldn't try to impress them. But not to be Degrassi about it, but yeah. that's <laughs> that's my feeling. <laughs> I think there's just such like a pressure these days for mm-hmm. these kids, like both sororities and fraternities for to like get into like this like status group of a fraternity. And then you like you have your your brothers and like I don't know. I don't get the whole thing, so I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like war in a way. Like, the experience is supposed to bond you guys together or something, I think, is, like, kind of the part behind it. But there's been so many recent cases of, like, I think there was one recently here in Boston of this happening. There was another one at Bowling Green State University where the kid actually died. Um, And a lot of these families are pushing and suing the colleges because most of these colleges know that these activities are happening. Like they are aware that there's hazing and they don't do anything to stop it. Cause like mm-hmm. the fraternities kind of like run the schools and like, that's probably a major reason why most of the students go is to get into the fraternities. So like why would the school and the board and the president crack down on these frats when like it's the main income driving force to their school. So there's a lot of the families now that are pushing and suing the colleges to like actually do something in a lot of um, push in like Congress to make these charges less of a misdemeanor and more felonies. So there's less, you know, people hazing because who wants to get a felony 
for fucking hazing. Like, that's so mm-hmm. pathetic. Like, at least kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> at least make it a worthwhile one. Yeah, like, damn. Like, that's so boring. <laughs> but, like, most of these kids who were sent um, and charged were literally sent to prison. Megan, it's, like, a, it's so pathetic. It's like a slap on the wrist. For, like, 29 days, they're gone to prison. Mm-hmm. Or some of them were sent to pr- or house arrest for 28 days. Like, are you telling me I gotta stay in the house for 28 days? Like, okay, I'll do this again. Yeah. I gotta do 28 days in my house. Like, that's like nothing. Like, you literally killed somebody and you get no like penalty for it. Yeah. Well, and then their houses are probably you know got infinity pools and oh, true, arcades yeah. and bowling balls and I don't know. <laughs> just bowling balls, no alley. <laughs> No, Allie, just the balls. <laughs> well, that's my story on the University of Missouri. So, Megan, kick it into third gear. Third gear here, back to my um, food theme here, is the – there's an al- – Oklahoma. <laughs> well, okay, because we were talking about alcohol. Um, Oklahoma fast food restaurant <laughs> worker – who was arrested for um, putting meth in an order. Oh, so, my God. That shit's expensive. He's just putting that in the food? That's some Florida man shit right there. That is. Well, actually, it is, um, it's thought that it was actually, like, a drug deal for someone else, but someone else accidentally got that order. Oh. Um, so... The customer found a small baggie of drugs, and this must have been an old person because they're like, "What is this?" So they called the, oh my god, Skiatuk Police Department, and was like, "I found drugs in my food." They didn't say what which restaurant chain, but yeah. I'm I'm wondering McDonald's. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely. And so they called the police, and the police confirmed that it was. Um, meth in the baggie and the person's like i did not ask for this um (laughs) i just wanted my food (laughs) wouldn't you think giving like an older elderly person that order was like the wrong person (laughs) i know i don't know who gave it there there isn't like um like a lot of details they just said that once they went to the restaurant to speak with employees they ultimately arrested bryce francis for allegedly distributing a controlled stuff substance from within 2000 feet of a school and for possession of a controlled substance. Now that charge is just like, I I'm sure he wasn't thinking about that. Right. 2000 feet. Like where do we draw the line? <laughs> I know. Right. Like, wait, there's a fast food restaurant 2000 feet from a high school. Like, damn, that must be like luxury. I know. I bet those kids go there during during yeah. lunch all the time. I'm sure they're getting their drugs there too. <laughs> yeah, it seems it. <laughs> um, so of course we hear a lot about the incident from the police on Facebook. They're always posted on Facebook. Oh, they do. They love that official police page. <laughs> um, so they said, when you go out to eat, please check the food, especially before consuming it or handing it to a child. If you encounter anything like described in this incident, please contact us immediately. <laughs> and um, they they also think they're funny, too, these little Facebook police pages, because then they added, um, for whoever was supposed to receive the order, it is waiting for you at the Skiatook Police Department. Just swing on by. <laughs> oh my, they're so fucking funny. 
they think they're so goofy goo like who like was that the secretary that fucking posted that like she's like oh i'm so funny i'm gonna post this yeah just like oh my god (laughs) i'm so funny i'm gonna get a bunch of thumbs up (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like some oklahoma shit yeah, so they don't know who it was for, but the they figured out who put it in there. I, yeah. I don't know how. There isn't details on that. I wonder if we're going to get more updates once, you know, the trial actually comes and stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they accidentally gave meth to the wrong person. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, okay, I guess be careful getting your, like, McChickens and stuff these days. You never know what's going to be inside. Yeah, check for methamphetamines. And also, why would you do it, like, at work where there's cameras? <laughs> like, do it at home where, like, there's less of a possibility of somebody, or, like, I don't know, meet up in a park. I don't know. Why would you do it where there's cameras? Maybe they thought it would be a good cover to, like, put it in a fast food order. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they thought, maybe Bryce thought he was being clever. I don't know. I, these meth heads, they think they're so they're so quirky and different. well all right megan so moving into fourth gear here this is kind of like an update even though we didn't really talk about the story but i thought it was just an interesting one to talk about so back in 2017 do you recall um in new york city times square there was a man by the name of richard rojas who was accused of like barreling through times square and um it was like that whole era where like people were so quirky and funny and like just like driving their cars through like crowds of people. Um, I mean, I feel like I don't remember a bunch of that happening, but I feel like I vaguely remember this incident. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mr. Rojas was accused in an attack that injured more than 20 people and killed um, an 18 year old from Michigan, Alyssa Ellsman. Um, he barreled through crowds of pedestrians in Times Square Um and recently, just today, well, yesterday, um, Thursday, June 23rd, he was excused and cleared from his crimes because of mental illness. So basically, the jury accepted an insanity defense claiming that Mr. Richard Rojas was so psychologically disturbed, he didn't know what he was doing. An insanity please usually don't they say it's like it's like 13 percent yeah. of the time does it actually work so he must have been looney tune yeah i mean i think i don't know like this is crazy like i had to just talk about the story because i was like he literally barreled through downtown times square there's tons of angles and cameras showing this happening and he literally got off with an insanity plea like that's ridiculous in my opinion and he killed somebody yeah um I- so someone needs to be held accountable for that. Right. So this decision would qualify Richard for an open-ended involuntarily oh, involuntary mental commitment instead of a lengthy prison term. He will head to a state mental health care facility instead of going to jail. So I mean he literally did all this. He barreled through fucking 20 people, killed some girl, and he's not even going to prison. He's going to a healthcare facility. Like at this point, he needs to be dead. <laughs> Somebody just needs to fucking shoot him because, like, this is just... He's already insane. Like, he doesn't have any life left. Like, what... At this point, what's the point of him living, in my opinion? Well, I guess... I, guess, I mean... Just lock him up. I mean... I, yeah. Whether in a mental health facility or a jail, he's still being locked up for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. 
Well, okay, so I also wanted to go over some of the prosecutor's um, claims and then the defense and how they kind of got away with this whole um, insanity plea. So the prosecutors came in and they basically were bringing in a bunch of victims who were also in the attack or whatever, just recounting their stories of like what happened. Apparently they're all saying that it was like literally like a snap of a finger. All of a sudden, like it just happened. People were literally flying like 25 feet in the air. One, the mother of the girl who'd passed away, she literally got hit and ran over and was blacked out. And then all of a sudden woke up and was trying to find her daughters. Her youngest, 13 years old, was, she was found, but severely injured, but she was alive. And then the mother ran over and found Alyssa, 18 years old. And she said as soon as she rolled her head over, she knew she was dead because her eyes were like, not even like looking around. They were just like frozen. Like she knew she was dead. So. Oh God, that's awful thing to see as a mother. Yeah. So the prosecutors were bringing in all the victims of the attack and just like recounting their stories. And they went on to say that Mr. Rojas was serving a mostly normal life. He served in the Navy, in the military. He had, just gotten his real estate license and he was also Uh making friends. So they were claiming that it doesn't meet any of the insanity standards needed to clear him of the responsibility of this attack. Um, And they also said that he had several chances to stop his car on that day in Temp Square, but ruthlessly kept going until he crashed. So they're saying that he wasn't really insane. Like he was in the military. He had a real estate license. Like, He just seemed like a normal person. So where's this insanity coming from? Um, Does he have any, does he have any priors, any histories of anything? Yeah. So Uh the defense comes in and then the defense's whole stand is that he's insane. Um, So apparently the records are showing that he even admitted that he was the person who drove onto the sidewalk, but, he was unable to understand the consequences of his actions. So he even admits that he did it, but he was at that point in time, he was currently on PCP and he wasn't understanding of the consequences that he was doing. Um, It says that he was also diagnosed with schizophrenia. So they had doctors and shit on stand saying that he was diagnosed with schizophrenia um, and that his imaginary guide told him that he needed to crash his car into spirits around him in order to send them to heaven and to release Richard Rojas from the torture that he was experiencing um, from his psychosis. So that's what he claims was happening. His spirit guide? Mm -hmm. They claim that his psychosis was so severe that he couldn't control his behavior anymore. Um. So prior, uh, so they're claiming that he was in the Navy and he was doing all this stuff. The defense came in and said that he was discharged from the Navy because he was hearing voices from a man named James, who was a supernatural God-like figure who had special information for James and, uh, or for Richard. And Richard was also claiming that people were watching him. They were trying to poison him. And even some of his close friends and family members were on the stand saying that Richard would just be walking and all of a sudden get paranoid and start blaming people for casting voodoo spells on him. So 
there was some mental illness here, but like their claims that he was so psychotic that he didn't know what he was doing in the moment is just like if I was on that jury, I wouldn't believe any of this shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So apparently, it says that he re- realizes now what he had did at the time, but he was in such a psychotic state that he was a different person. Um. And then there's also evidence showing that, like, when he crashed his car, he got out and was, like, screaming to police that he wanted to kill them all or something. So, like, I don't know. There's there's just, like, a lot going on here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just, I always struggle with these because it's, like, okay, let's say that he didn't have control over himself. Like, there's still, I feel like, needs to be something held accountable for the 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 pain inflicted on the others the lives lost you know it can't just be like oops sorry like i don't know that just doesn't seem good enough for me because i feel like we see so many cases where they plead insanity and we just laugh because like most of the time they don't win it Mm -hmm. so like i thought this was an interesting case because like he actually the jury the jury deliberated for six hours and came to this decision um of the insanity defense so that's like no time at all when it comes to jury delivery i know right like six hours like that's it and i mean especially for the victims and the girl who died the family like they literally have to live with this that they were literally just from michigan as a tourist in new york city and they just got barreled by a fucking car one's dead the other one's severely injured and there's no charges (laughs) Yeah, like how's that justice for them? Right. So, that's my little story. That's kind of like an update. I mean, that happened back in 2017. So, it's taken mm-hmm. this long to finally reach a consensus, and it doesn't seem like the most popular one. Yeah, I mean, it, as we know, the justice system it takes 1,500 years for anything to get yeah. done. So, yep. So that's my story, Megan. I think that's all we have time for today. So let's put it in part mm-hmm. here. Um, we thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode of Crime on Tap. Hope you, hopefully you guys enjoyed our little classic moment. On Monday, we're going to have a little, little goofy, silly episode. So be sure to tune in for Monday. We're really excited about that. Um, but in the meantime, go follow us on Instagram at Crime on Tap Pod. Um, DM us, slide in our DMs, let us know how you're loving the podcast. And make sure to listen to us on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, the other mm. ones. Share us with your family, friends, foes, and hoes, and bros. Yes! Oh my god, bros, perfect, frats. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> right on cue. <laughs> and we'll see you guys next time. Where crime, crime is always, always on, on top. top. <laughs> <laughs>